It's TechBiter Worldwide. I'm Bill Blinn with an hour's worth of technology news in about 20 minutes. That's because we leave out the sports, most of the jingles, the weather, and the commercials. Podcast number 408 for August 31st, 2014. This week, if you're on a budget, sometimes there's a free application that does what you need to do. And if you're not on a budget, sometimes there's a free application that's better than the one you'd pay for. Let's take a look at some of those this week. Oh, you're waiting for the next topic? Not this week. Free applications. That's the only subject. The whole enchilada. That's it. Roll the rest of the opening theme. Most of the programs I talk about are commercial software, but there are sometimes alternatives that you could download and use for free. That's the subject this week, free applications. It's important to understand that an application such as GIMP Shop won't take the place of Adobe Photoshop if you need the features that Photoshop offers. Likewise, OpenOffice can't replace Microsoft Office if you're in an environment where you need to share complex documents repeatedly with users of Word, Excel, PowerPoint, and particularly Access. If your needs can be met by free applications, though, you'll save a lot of money. So consider this the back-to-school money-saving issue of TechBiter Worldwide. You could do that, except that just about everybody is already back in school. One of the few exceptions is New York City. They normally start their school in mid to late September. This year they start on September 4th. That has nothing to do with anything in this report, as far as I can tell. So let's get back to the subject at hand. When you're searching for a free application, there are a couple of cautions to keep in mind. First, a Google search for a free application will probably return an advertised link at the top of the list. Sometimes the advertised links are okay. Sometimes they're not. I always avoid them if the software developer has a site, because some of the advertised sites will attempt to install malware, and some will just load additional applications along with the free application you're looking for. Sometimes the site will warn you about those additional applications, but most will not. So if you're looking for a free app, you want to find a link to afreeapp.com, not one to afreeapp.malware.com or malware.com forward slash afreeapp. And second, some developers, because donations aren't providing enough income, agree to install extra apps with their programs. Now, there's nothing wrong with this as long as the installer program explicitly calls out the additional applications or browser helper object that were going to be installed. In many cases, though, this information is obscured or entirely hidden unless you choose the custom installation. Always choose the custom installation. That way you can see exactly what's being installed. Now, those warnings might seem frightening, but developers who take their time to create useful programs and then distribute them solely for donations are well-meaning. They're honest people. Warning number one is about people who try to trade on an honest developer's good name and reputation. They're usually pretty easy to spot and eliminate. 
Warning number two is far less serious because developers aren't going to allow malware to tag along with their applications. So at worst, the extra installed application will be from some sort of antivirus company or something along that line. And if you install it accidentally, it'll be easy enough to remove. I've divided this week's report into two sections. The first deals with Windows applications, the second with Android applications. So let's get on with the Windows applications. You already have the Windows Explorer, so why would you want another file browser? The answer to that's easy enough. The Windows Explorer doesn't have the ability to display two directories side by side, unless you open two copies of the browser. Qdir does. It can also display four directories on a single screen, and it has fully customizable color coding for file types. There are some cases when I need to use Windows Explorer. Most of the time, though, I use Qdir. UltraEdit and UltraEdit Studio are my go-to applications for editing text files, but Notepad++ offers impressive capabilities. In either case, the application that's being replaced is Microsoft's Notepad, which has been a pretty much useless part of Windows since the beginning. And in fact, I know some people who prefer the free Notepad++ to its UltraEdit alternatives. I have been back and forth between OpenOffice and LibreOffice. They share the same code base, and when it seemed that Oracle would kill OpenOffice, LibreOffice appeared to be the better solution. There's a rather lengthy Wikipedia entry on the subject. I include some of it on the TechBiter Worldwide website. Today, Apache OpenOffice seems to be the solution for those who prefer to use open source software. You'll find a link to download Apache OpenOffice on the TechBiter Worldwide website. And that's true of all the other applications that I'll be talking about today. There are commercial FTP applications, but I haven't found one that's better than FileZilla. FileZilla supports FTP, SFTP, and FTPS. If you need to upload or download files from an FTP server, do yourself a favor and install FileZilla. When you have an ISO file that you want to burn to a CD or DVD, or maybe you have a directory full of files that you want to place on a disk, you need ImageBurn. Windows does include functionality to burn disks, but it is far less capable than ImageBurn, which is the gold standard by which other disk burners are judged. And it's free. The flip side of burning a disk from a file is mounting an ISO file as a disk drive. Some software is distributed as an ISO download, and the instructions usually explain that you need to create a CD or DVD from the ISO file, and then use the CD or DVD to install the application. Here's a better solution. Use Virtual Clone Drive to mount the ISO file as a drive, and then install it from there. Do you watch DVDs or download videos on your computer? If so, you need the VLC Video Player. Videoland's player covers all the bases. It's free, it's open source, it's cross-platform, it's a multimedia player, and a framework that plays most multimedia files as well as DVDs, audio CDs, VCDs, and lots of streaming protocols. There are many media players, so it's difficult to choose just one. VLC is a single player that can play just about any video format and lots of audio formats, too. 
Those who buy e-books from Amazon definitely need the Kindle Reader application, but there's a good reason to install it even if you don't buy books from Amazon. Numerous books that are no longer protected by copyright are available for free from Amazon. A week ago, I talked about the Calibra Reader. As I described last week, it can convert books from one format to another. Use it to convert files to a format that works on your portable reader, or just read files in the Calibra application. Admittedly, the bulk rename utility is something that most people probably won't ever need. However, if you have a bunch of files that would be easier to use if they had other names, this is the application you need. The interface is more than a little overwhelming until you realize that you can ignore most of it and use only the parts that make sense for the files that you need to rename. It is without question the most powerful renaming utility I have ever seen. How many applications start up when your Windows machine starts? If your computer's startup process seems to be really slow, Startup Delayer might be able to help. After installing Startup Delayer, you can select individual applications and schedule them to start a few minutes or hours after Windows boots. Applications that you want to have running but won't be needed immediately can be delayed. And that makes the system available sooner. There is an alternative application, Auto Runs, by Microsoft's Sys Internals division. It shows all applications that are running, but it doesn't make it possible to delay any of them. If you need to help friends and family members occasionally with their computer, you probably installed a free version of Log Me In, but the company eliminated a free option with a single day's notice several months ago. IMPC Remote is the system a European company created to support its own clients. It's available for free, and it supports five connections. You won't enjoy the functionality that Log Me In Freeze version provided, but IMPC Remote will make it possible for you to connect to a friend's computer, take control of the mouse and keyboard, and assist that person. Avast has both free and paid versions of its protective suite. I use the paid version on a desktop computer, the free version on all my other machines. There is also a version for Android devices, and it handles backing up all files and applications. I consider the free version to be an acceptably robust application, but only after turning off all of the voice prompts and taming the frequent pop-up reminders. For additional security on my primary computer, I did switch to the paid version this year. Malwarebytes Anti-Malware has just updated to version 2.0, and it now integrates rootkit detection directly into the application. Support for 64-bit systems has also been improved. The interface has been updated. The paid version uses the subscription model. That's becoming pretty common, even outside of security applications. If you already have an antivirus application, the free version of SpyBot Search and Destroy will be adequate for you. Unlike the paid home or professional versions, all operations, including updates, must be handled manually. In a recent scan by SpyBot Search and Destroy, I found a small bit of the conduit malware that had been installed by some other application. I had rendered conduit inert many months ago, but three small pieces of it remained. Well, they're gone now. 
If you want to read an EPUB book that is protected with Adobe Digital Rights Management, the Adobe Digital Reader is probably your best choice. Other applications can read Adobe DRM books, but the interface on the Adobe Reader is superior to most of them. Now here's one you don't install. It's called Digital Downloads, and you'll probably find it at your local library's website. Your public library probably offers more than books, CDs, and DVDs. Many libraries work with OverDrive, and OverDrive provides downloads of digital content. Digital books may be reserved, checked out, and renewed, just the same as physical media. One difference seems to be that you can't return a book early once you've started reading it. I usually choose the seven-day checkout period, then I renew the book if I haven't finished it. So visit your local library's website and look for a digital downloads link. Although the Windows Explorer can now open zip files, I prefer to use a standalone application. 7-Zip can handle just about any kind of compressed file format, from zip and cab to tar and gzip. There's, of course, a download link for 7-Zip on the TechBiter Worldwide website this week, along with download links for all of the other programs that I'm talking about. After buying a CD, you'll probably want to be able to play the new tracks on a computer, possibly on a portable device and maybe in your car. And for that, you need MP3 files, and Fairstar's CD River makes quick work of any CD. It connects with online resources to obtain track information, and you can define exactly how each file is named. After you've created the MP3 files from a CD, you might find that the genre assigned by the online service is wrong, or one you don't agree with, or you'd like to change the way the artist's names are represented. Maybe you'd like to add the cover art so the player can display it when a track from the CD is playing. MP3 Tag takes care of all those needs and more. MediaMonkey is available in free and paid versions. I have the paid version. It includes the ability to rip CDs and modify their tags, but I still use the programs I just talked about because they fit into my common workflow. The program supports all of the common file formats and some that aren't so common. You'll find a whole list on the TechBiter Worldwide website. Fuse is a powerful video conferencing application. It is free to use. You may find that you want some of the features that are available only in the paid version, though, but the free version works on Windows, Macs, and iOS devices. It'll soon be available for Android devices, too, and it is a very robust application. Website developers who know HTML backwards and forwards and who can work without a WYSIWYG interface will probably like Aptana Studio. Aptana has support for all modern web tools such as HTML5, CSS3, JavaScript, Ruby, Rails, PHP, and Python. There is a built-in terminal window and an integrated debugger for the programming languages. When you want to view a page you're working on, Aptana doesn't have a viewer built-in, but it will launch your preferred browser and display the page there. Audacity is a free, open-source, multi-track audio editor and recorder for Windows, Mac OS X, and Linux. It can record live audio or sounds from the computer's audio subsystem. It's used to convert old tapes and records to digital recordings that can be burned to CDs. Audacity edits a range of audio files, and various plugins are available to add features such as changing the speed or pitch of a recording. DS Clock is a cute little freebie that has one job, and it does that job very well. It displays the time in one or two time zones. 
Yes, I know you can have Windows display the time in the taskbar, but I like having the time, including seconds, the date, and UTC time displayed large on the screen. You can place the time display anywhere you want on the screen, with or without a visible background. The text and the background can be any color you specify. The text can be in any typeface. The display can be huge, tiny, or anywhere in between. It will even play Westminster Chimes on the quarter hour if you want it to. I don't want it to. GIMP Shop is the GIMP application with a wrapper that makes it work something like Photoshop on systems that run Windows, OS X, Linux, or Solaris. And there is a substantial library of tutorials that will help new users. If you need Photoshop functionality and capabilities, you need Photoshop. That said, GIMP Shop is an amazingly powerful application, particularly considering its cost. Google Earth is available for systems that run Windows OS X or the Android OS. It's hard to beat this free application for overhead views of nearly any city on the planet. On the TechBiter Worldwide website, you'll see a neighborhood I'm fairly familiar with, Harlem, southwest of Marcus Garvey Park. The center of the image is 120th Street at Malcolm X Boulevard. There is no shortage of features, such as the ability to zoom in, 3D views for some cities, street view, and lots more. A couple of password managers, KeyPass and LastPass, are both password managers. Both do an excellent job of keeping track of your passwords in a secure manner. KeyPass is a good choice if you have a single computer. Like KeyPass, LastPass saves passwords in an encrypted data file on your computer. Unlike KeyPass, LastPass also saves your passwords in an encrypted data file on the Internet. This makes the information accessible from any computer. And for $1 a month, LastPass adds several features to the basic free service, including the ability to use it on mobile devices, enable additional multi-factor authentication options, and run LastPass from a thumb drive. The free version of Macrium Reflect is limited to performing a full image backup. That makes it a good choice for occasional backups of notebook computers to external hard drives. Those who want the ability to create sequential or differential backups after performing a full backup or to create a file and directory backup will need to obtain the paid version or use some other backup solution. No browser is perfect. Windows computers come with Internet Explorer, and although it has improved quite a bit over the past 15 years or so, one of the other browsers is almost always a better choice. So if you have a Windows computer, be sure you download Firefox, Chrome, Opera, and Maxthon. You'll find links to all of those download sites from the TechBiter Worldwide website. Your computer slows down inexplicably. You wonder what it is. The MUA system monitor might give you a clue. Any given process can be slow because it needs more CPU cycles than are available, more data transfer capacity than the disk subsystem can provide, or more network bandwidth than the network has. The MUA system monitor identifies what the bottleneck is. Once you've identified the problem, you might be able to do something about it. MUA also has a connection watcher. It shows which network connections are active, using what protocol on which port, and what the process number is. Lots of additional information is available, too. The connection watcher is helpful if you wonder what's chewing up all of your network bandwidth, 
And it might also be useful if you think malware has been installed on your computer and you're trying to see which applications are leaking data. In fact, if you follow either of the MUA links, you'll find that MUA has dozens of other free utilities and a couple that aren't free. The PDF Creator is an application you might not see a need for. After all, many applications have the ability to create PDF output now. But many isn't all. And PDF Creator installs as a print driver so that you can create a PDF from any program that's capable of printing. Even for applications that can create their own PDF output, you might find that PDF Creator has better functionality. Most programs come with their own uninstaller components, or use the Windows Control Panel uninstall function. Sometimes the program removal isn't as clean as it should be, though, and the Revo uninstaller is handy in those cases. Revo starts by running the basic uninstaller, but then offers to look more deeply at files that might have been left behind. One caution, though. Consider Revo's suggestions to be just that, suggestions, and consider them carefully. It has been known to be so enthusiastic about removing anything the target application depends on that it breaks other applications. You have a phone. You have a cell phone. What do you need another way to make calls for? Well, for one, Skype-to-Skype calls are free to any location on the planet. If you don't mind spending a few dollars a year, you can even have your own phone number that's associated with Skype. Even if you don't have a Skype phone number, you can call phones anywhere in the world at relatively low rates. Maybe you don't want to get rid of your phone number or your cell phone number, but Skype is a good addition. Ever wonder exactly what's in your computer? CPU-Z will tell you exactly what's in there in great detail, including the CPU name and number, core stepping and process, package core voltage, internal and external clocks, clock multiplier, and supported instruction sets. It'll give you information about the cache, about memory, and about the system itself. So there's kind of a starter on what you might look for on the Windows platform. And how about Android? Well, one of the best things about the Android Nexus 7 that I carry around with me is that so much information is available quickly and easily whenever I'm within range of a Wi-Fi connection. That's most of the time. Those who own Android phones eliminate even that Wi-Fi restriction, and they have access to a myriad of information resources wherever they have a cellular data connection. Here are some of the applications you can download for your Android device, and all of these would be downloaded from the Google Play Store. It does not depend on a cellular data connection to download them in real time. Just install NavFree and then download the maps for the state or states you drive in. The maps are updated frequently. Although there are paid add-ons that make NavFree even better, the basic free application is pretty impressive because it can provide turn-by-turn navigation instructions without a data connection. Note, though, that the Google Play Store lists NavFree and NavFree US. The U.S. version is for the United States. The other version is for the rest of the world. Be sure you download the one you need. Google Translate. Yes, you can use any browser on your Android device to connect to Google and the Google Translate service. But downloading the Google Translate app is still a good idea because it works with the device's built-in camera. When you encounter text in a language you don't understand, just open Google Translate, tap the camera icon, take a picture of the text. The application will scan the text, submit it to Google, and provide your translation. 
Should I mention Gas Buddy? You know, it's rare to find gas prices that vary by more than a few cents a gallon, at least in Ohio. But if the prospect of saving 20 cents on a fill-up... Okay, I drive a small car. If the prospect of saving 20 cents on a fill-up excites you, then Gas Buddy would be helpful. Now, I mention this application only because it seems to be popular. It is installed on my tablet. It is not something that I use. Office Suite Pro makes it possible to view, create, edit, and print documents in Word, Excel, and PowerPoint formats from your Android tablet. It also opens attachments and displays PDF files on Android-based phones. The basic application supports both the current and legacy file formats that Microsoft used, as well as standard formats such as PDF, RTF, text, log, CSV, email, and zip. If you have open office files, the application can probably open those too. An integrated file browser allows you to open, save, and manage your local and remote files. It can be integrated with Box, Dropbox, Google Drive, OneDrive, and SugarSync, and it's been localized to work in 56 languages. The Pro version adds better support for OpenOffice, more complete typeface support, the ability to password protect files, save as PDF functionality for Word, Excel, and PowerPoint files, and support for Excel's conditional formatting. I described the Universal Book Reader last week. It's a free ebook reader that supports EPUB and PDF formats. The interface is clean and easy to use, and an integrated file browser provides access to any book that's stored on your phone or tablet. If you provide Adobe login credentials, the reader can even open Adobe DRM-protected files. Version 3.0 was recently released, and the import function is most impressive. Users can import entire folders of books simultaneously. That makes stocking the reader with your existing books really easy. I have the paid version of AND FTP because it unlocks several functions that I need. But the basic free version is a very effective file transfer utility. AND FTP supports all of the standard file transfer protocols. It can manage several FTP configurations, and it includes the ability to view local and remote files and folders. The application can download, upload, and synchronize files. That synchronize function is a pro-only feature. And FTP can also open both local and remote files, as well as rename, delete, and modify the permissions of those files. SSH, RSA, and DSA keys are supported for security. Lookout is available for all kinds of mobile devices in both free and paid versions. The free version includes continuous scanning of apps as they are installed and used. There is also basic over-the-air protection against viruses, malware, adware, and spyware. If the phone or tablet is lost or stolen, users can log on to the Lookout site to locate it and have it sound an alarm. And contacts are backed up. Lookout Premium adds theft alerts that can include the photo of someone who has borrowed your device, and you can remotely lock the device or even delete all the data from it if it's stolen. The primary differences between the free and paid versions of the Merriam-Webster Dictionary application are that the paid version has no ads, it includes more than 1,000 illustrations, and has more than 20,000 entries that aren't in the free version. Most of those are for people, places, and foreign terms. The app largely replicates the Merriam-Webster Collegiate Dictionary, and it includes a voice search that will let you look up a word you can't spell, at least as long as you can pronounce it, Synonyms, antonyms, and example sentences are included. 
No internet connection is required to view the definitions or the thesaurus entries. One is required if you want to view illustrations, hear the audio pronunciations, or use voice search. You can, of course, view Facebook by using any browser you have installed on your tablet or phone, but the Facebook Android app is a better choice for these small devices because it has been optimized for phones and tablets. You'll also need the new Facebook Messenger if you want to send instant messages with Facebook. The chat function was recently removed from the basic Android app and released as a separate app with additional capabilities. Google Calendar. What's to say about that? If you use the Google Calendar for your family or just for yourself, the advantages of being able to access it on a phone or tablet are pretty clear. IOTA, and by the way, it's spelled J-O-T-A, IOTA is a remarkable text editor for small devices. These aren't typically thought of as being good choices as text editors, but improvements in virtual keyboard technologies have paved the way for a tablet and phone that can actually edit. A relatively new feature is syntax highlighting. Programmers and other developers will feel pretty comfortable using IOTA. The kitty cat battery is just kind of silly, but it's a quick and easy way to see exactly how much power is left in the device's battery. The default Android display isn't really very helpful in that regard. Place the icon on any screen, pick a cat, and you will see a most contented cat face when the battery is fully charged. As the charge drops, the cat becomes less sanguine, and as the battery approaches depletion, the kitty appears downright distressed. If you are a dog person instead of a cat person, I'm sorry, you're simply out of luck. Scanner Radio makes it possible to listen to live audio from any of more than 4,700 police and fire dispatch frequencies, weather stations, and some amateur radio repeaters, mostly in the U.S. and Australia. Choose the frequency types, police, fire, railroad, or whatever, the proximity to your location, or the top 50 frequencies that people have been listening to in the past five minutes. For quick access, you can add frequencies that you prefer to your favorites list, and you can also see at a glance how many people are listening to any given frequency. With a Broadcastify.com membership, $30 a year, you can listen to archived audio from the past 30 days. While the Scanner Radio app is free, you can buy a pro version for 3 bucks and eliminate the on-screen ads. Occasionally, I have a few minutes to spare. More than I want to spend staring into space or at a wall, but not enough to read a chapter of an electronic book. That's what Solitaire is for. MobilityWare's version of Solitaire is free. No paid version is available. It is supported by ads. There are versions from other publishers, but I haven't found one that I like as well as this one, even the paid ones. For one thing, you can select only games that have some solution. Instead of taking a random mix of games, some of which cannot be solved, no matter what you do. Weather Underground is the weather application I prefer on my desktop system, so it's the one I use on the tablet. The tablet version is not as feature-rich as the desktop version, but then it would be extremely difficult to display all of the information that fits on a large screen on a tablet or a phone. Weather Underground makes excellent use of the available real estate. There are no hover actions on the tablet, of course, because tablets and phones have no way to know when your finger is hovering anywhere. It would really be difficult to top this application when you just want a quick weather report. 
It's really helpful to know what Wi-Fi signals are available in your area and how strong they are. The Wi-Fi analyzer can be helpful if you're setting up a Wi-Fi access point too. If you find there are already 17 signals on channel 6, for example, you might want to select channel 2 or 9 or 12 for your Wi-Fi access point. You can also view signal strength over time, view the SSID, see which manufacturer made the wireless router, the channel and frequency each SSID is on, what protection is in place, and more. And there's the Wi-Fi Finder. It can scan for Wi-Fi hotspots that are near you. And when you're planning a trip, built-in maps will show you what to expect in many locations around the globe. The application can provide detailed information about the hotspots and even provide directions to the various locations. You can filter results by location, for example, cafe or hotel, or provider type. The new version features over 550,000 free and paid locations in 144 countries. Wikipedia can be viewed with a browser, but the Wikipedia app is optimized for smaller devices. Wikipedia, of course, is the free, user-edited encyclopedia with more than 32 million articles in 280 languages. The Android app that provides access to the information was recently rewritten for better performance. Wikipedia is a good general reference tool. It should never, however, be considered the only or the most authoritative reference you use. Nor should any other reference, online or in print, paid or free. Any reference can contain errors and distortions. And that's the end of my Android list. So where do you go from here? Well, you'll find thousands of other free and low-cost applications, utilities, and programs online for all operating systems. And if you really want to save money, Maybe the king of open-source software should be mentioned here, Linux. This week I updated Ubuntu Linux on a notebook computer. Although I rarely use Linux, I do like to have an installed copy handy for testing applications that run on Linux. It had been a while since the previous update, and I found that there were thousands of file updates waiting. And when the updates were in place, Ubuntu told me that the installed version was no longer supported. Would I like to update to the latest version, it asked me. I did that, and the process took less than half an hour. Linux has the update process down pat, but it's still not my operating system of choice. In large part, that's because Adobe applications aren't available for Linux, and I really don't feel like trying to run them under Wine. But still, if you're looking for a low-cost system, Linux might be the right answer if you need to send and receive email, browse websites, write letters or books, crunch numbers, analyze data, edit photographs, although not with Adobe products, and play games. Warning here, Linux game graphics seem pretty primitive compared to Windows, OS X, Android, and iOS, but you can play games on a Linux machine. So Linux should be included in the list when you're thinking about alternatives. Speaking of which, maybe it's time for another program that considers the Linux option in more detail. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening to TechBiter Worldwide, the weekly podcast with an hour's worth of technology news in about 20 minutes. All music on TechBiter Worldwide is licensed under the Creative Commons, and information about performers is on the website, www.techbiter.com. 
I'm Bill Blinn, and if you'd like, you can also send me a message from the website. Thanks for listening. I look forward to talking with you again in a week.